I mean, it's night and day. I'm so much more present than I ever have been. Um, I find myself wanting to look people in the face when I'm talking to them. I'm not zoning out during conversations. My sleep is probably the biggest change that I've seen. I used to just lay in bed with my mind racing at night. My husband uh, alludes to um, tabs open, several tabs open on a computer. And he used to lay in bed next to me and ask me how he could help me close the tabs. And I would say, can you make sure the refrigerator door is shut? Can you make sure we locked this? Can you do da, da, da? And like, I never remembered what I had already done. I, I could walk through my day and get to bed at night and not remember the things that I had done during the day because not only was I on autopilot, I was in a haze all the time. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am joined today by Kimberly Parham. Kimberly is a virtual fitness and wellness expert that helps people in recovery. Her personal wellness journey is over six years is really remarkable. She's lost over 100 pounds battling sugar addiction and health issues. Kimberly now helps others find the balance of physical health in sobriety. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Hi, thank you for having me on. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'd like to know a little bit about your story. You had a really remarkable weight loss journey and sobriety journey. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, What I wanted to start off with is that no journey is linear. There is no straight path from point A to point B. So my journey looked very much like this. Um, I started with a weight loss journey in 2015 after my uncle passed away of a heart attack. And my dad's actually a three-time heart attack survivor. And their father passed away at 54 of a heart attack. So I saw my life sort of going down that same route. Um, My father also deals with alcohol addiction. And I started drinking at age 15 um, socially. And it became a coping mechanism. I was a perfectionist, straight-A student, really, really wanted to make my parents proud because my home was always sort of shaky with my dad's addiction. Um, so I really wanted to be just a light in their life. And I put a ton of pressure on myself and I learned to use alcohol to cope with that from a very young age, which turned into a, you know, a really big party atmosphere in college. I was actually put on probation my first weekend of college. Um, yep. So here I am, this 411 little blonde cheerleader looks great on the outside as far as having it together, great grades, going to college, um, and I was, I was very broken. So I dealt with alcohol use from a very young age, started using it to cope around 16, 17 years old, and then started to use it to focus in college on writing papers. And as many of you know, regardless of whether or not you are exercising or moving or eating well, the more alcohol you drink, the more sugar you take in the more weight you put on. So um, I wasn't eating well either, but I put on 35 pounds my first year in college. And then it just kept going up after that. I got married very young, right out of college. I graduated in May and got married in September. Um, My husband had been out of college for a year. 
and I started drinking a bottle or two of wine a night because I was married and I was a grown up and that's what grown ups did. And I found that I couldn't sleep without it. And so the weight just kept coming on. I got pregnant with my first child at 24, had her two weeks before I turned 25, um, found out that the hops in beer apparently helps with breast milk production. So I started drinking beer because I thought that was helpful in some way, shape or form. Um, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't really work. Um, and just kept on putting on weight all the way through my twenties. I had my second child at 28 and at 29 years old, when my uncle passed away, I was like, I should probably go get some blood work done and find out if I'm dealing with all the same health issues my dad and my uncle are dealing with. And my cholesterol was over 300 at 29 years old. I was pre-diabetic. My doctor basically said, you have 10 years before you have a full, full-blown heart attack and you have five years before you are fully diabetic. And I was two, almost 230 pounds at 4'11". So, you, you know, you talk a little bit about college and about how you first saw addiction pop up there to alcohol mm-hmm. and abusing alcohol um, and sugar at the same time. What, what came first for you? Were you, you know, many people that um, have alcohol issues and addiction issues talk about sugar being their first addiction, being able to take, a, you know, candy, uh, cupcakes, whatever it might be, really abusing sugar to have, you know, a weird overall overbody sensation or kind of check out? Did What yeah. came first for you? For sure, sugar, um, food in general, carbohydrates, like simple carbohydrates. A lot of people look at sugar and they say, well, it's ice cream or candy or soda or something like that. But it really does come in the form of pasta and white breads and things like that too that are very processed and refined. And I was a pastaholic. And because I worked out so much as a cheerleader, I would come home and eat like two packets of ramen noodles after practice. And that caught up with me. So I definitely ate to cope with my feelings for sure. um, To get that kind of like that, that high that you get from sugar that allows you to have that, that serotonin burst where you just feel really, really good for like 30 minutes. And then just like with alcohol, you feel really, really good for a hot second. And then, man, that and down is awful. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, 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 I find that there's a big misconception that uh, when people have sugar addiction issues and they try to kind of wean off sugar, they immediately go to carbs, which is sugar. They go to the pasta, the ramen, all that stuff, and they load up on carbs. And then they're kind of baffled that they're having the same reaction to it. Yeah, it's all it all processes the same in our bodies. Um, Those simple carbohydrates, which are your more refined carbohydrates that come in our sweets, and then our white refined foods, they turn into sugar, glucose in your body. And if you don't use it for energy immediately, it is stored as fat. Yeah, your your uh, transformation took you to a place where you lost over a hundred pounds, correct? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how, how did you do that? What was your journey like to get, I'm assuming you're, are, are you sober? And then you decide, oh, I've got to lose the weight or you're, you're still drinking and you're thinking you need to lose the weight. Yep. I actually, um, I tackled fitness and nutrition first. I'm a beach body coach. If you're familiar with that 
upper level company. Um, and I was introduced to these home workouts and some portion control nutrition. And I was like, okay, I can tackle these tangible tools. And actually part of our nutrition plan allows for like a glass of red wine at night if you want that. But I would restrict other food groups so that I could drink more alcohol. Um, and I started my journey to weight loss in 2015, still drinking, um, sort of to cope and then socially on the weekends. But in 2017, my marriage started to crumble and I started to drink that two bottles of wine a night again. And I put 45 pounds back on in a matter of three to four months. And so it was like all of this hard work that I had done was undone because I never really did the root work. And so it's very similar. The, the, your, your weight, uh, your weight gain challenges were very similar to alcoholism where you, take a step forward and then there's two steps back and the control issues of going back and forth and trying to moderate it and th that whole insanity. Yeah. So what was the breaking point with you? Did, did you decide, okay, obviously, you know, if anyone's listening here and they're struggling from weight gain or health issues, and they're also struggling with addiction, obviously you can't really deal with any kind of weight loss issue unless you first get sober, I assume, right? I mean, I feel like that's true. There are a lot of people who struggle with alcohol addiction who are very, very thin. Um, and a lot of the times people think that drinking alcohol stops them from eating food and then you're just malnourished. It's not that you're overweight, but you don't have nutrition. So it doesn't matter what you look like until you get sober and make that decision to get right with yourself in that area. It doesn't matter what the outside looks like. The inside's not healthy. The inside's not clean. It's like trying really hard in your mind to fuel with premium gasoline and then putting diesel in a gasoline car. Yeah, you could be on weight or even underweight and still be very unhealthy. Yeah. And, you know, you see that a lot. You know, um, I think one of the big misconceptions uh, in recovery. And obviously we're not doctors, so everybody needs to check with their own personal physician. But overall, you know, the, the recovery community is very big on sugar and load people up on sugar when they first get sober um, and thinking that it's going to help with cravings. But what they're finding out now as you read further into the research and talk with people like you, it's actually what it's doing is enhancing uh, cravings and possible relapse. Um, so how did you do it? Did you just decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to get sober and I'm going to, I'm going to lose this hundred pounds. I mean, that, that day must've been uh, quite remarkable. You must remember that, that, that moment when you decided, okay, things have got to change. Yeah, I was on a business trip, actually. And um, those are when I usually get really sloshed because I don't have the responsibility of being a mom. Um, and I had challenged myself in 2018 to a sober October, most of all to like prove that I could. And then I celebrated on November 1st by getting drunk. So November 2nd, I woke up with my first hangover in over 30 days. And I was in a hotel room. I was far away from my family. And I sat straight up with the worst headache. And you know, as you get older, they just get way worse. Yeah. Um, and I said to myself, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I'm working so hard on my nutrition and my fitness. And then I'm just turning it around 
and bashing my health. And number two, and most importantly, if something ever happened to my children that night, I would not have had the wherewithal to get to them. So it was really about motherhood and parenting. And it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You are a parent first and always. And I need to be on all the time, no matter where I am and where my kids are and who they're with, because I need to be able to hop on a plane and get to them no matter what. You used a really interesting approach that I read. You used a plant-based solution for yourself. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So as I started to explore nutrition after stopping alcohol use, um, I don't know if having had alcohol in my body for so long really messed my digestive health up. But even though I had removed it, I was having a lot of trouble digestively. My stomach was always hurting. I was still experiencing that that bloat that you get when drinking alcohol. And so I started working with an endocrinologist and they recommended trying a plant-based diet. And I just like with alcohol, I was like, okay, I'm going to go all in. And I went cold turkey one day and I don't eat any eggs. I don't eat any dairy. I, I eat no animal products whatsoever except for honey. And, um, I cannot tell you how, it's wonderful for your body, for your digestive system, for your skin, for weight loss, all of those things. And it's trickled down. Now my husband and both of my children are fully plant-based, which is amazing. But even more so, it's like that mentality of putting literally the cleanest things in your body day in and day out. You don't want to mess that up by slipping up with a drink or, you know, going back to that sugar and, you know, eating the entire tub of ice cream or whatever. Now, I, I'm not an all or nothing person. I allow myself to have treats. Um, Friday night, I might sit down with the entire pint of Ben and Jerry's plant-based ice cream because 98% of the time I'm on. But allowing myself to have that treat, allowing myself to look forward to that and having something to work toward every week allows me to feel very focused. And I just don't, I feel like going plant-based has leveled up that nutrition so much and leveled up my commitment to my overall health so much that it's like when you have a day's app or something, you don't ever want to start back at zero. I never want to pollute my body again. (laughs) So, Well, you know, I, there, one of the things I want to talk with you about is that, you know, when we, we had a, a call last week and we were talking about you know, it's so sad that many people have been sober for decades and, and they're working, you know, they're really working on their sobriety. They're working on their emotional state, their thinking, their spirituality. They're doing all this other stuff, but they're whacked out on sugar. They're eating really bad foods. They will go to a 12-step meeting and be on their third soda by noon, right? They're putting all these chemicals in their body and they're having a hard time thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. And, and we know one of the things with addiction is sometimes even after being sober uh, years is clear thinking. How, you know, what have you noticed about your ability to think clear, have a better and stronger spiritual connection by switching up your diet, losing the weight and being on this health journey? I mean, it's night and day. I'm so much more present than I ever have been. Um, I find myself wanting to look people in the face when I'm talking to them. I'm not zoning out during conversations. My sleep is probably the biggest change that I've seen. 
I used to just lay in bed with my mind racing at night. My husband uh, alludes to um, tabs open, several tabs open on a computer. And he used to lay in bed next to me and ask me how he could help me close the tabs. And I would say, can you make sure the refrigerator door shut? Can you make sure we locked this? Can you do it? And like, I never remembered what I had already done. I, I could walk through my day and get to bed at night and not remember the things that I had done during the day because not only was I on autopilot, I was in a haze all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing. Um, you know, you talk about, you talk about sleep and just your overall wellness, but you know, relationships with people, how, you know, everything started to drastically change. I also like the thing that you talk about not being all or nothing, you know, unlike, uh, drug addiction or alcoholism where total abstinence, you can't have anything to do, right? Like you, you give yourself the ability to have a piece of birthday cake possibly, or, you know, have a treat here and there. You're not so, uh, you know, every, you know, a lot of people that are in recovery are all or nothing people. So what they do is they look at this, they go, yep, I'm, I'm down. And then that's it. They become a monk yeah. <laughs> and it's really not attainable, right? In, in, in today's society, to do that. No, it's not. I, I believe for me with alcohol, it has to be all or nothing. Um, sobriety isn't sobriety unless it's all or nothing, right? You can't be sober and socially drink on Friday night. So um, that you have to be able to find something else to satiate you in a way that makes you feel full and whole and human. And sometimes it's a treat and sometimes it's quiet time by yourself in the morning or in the evening. Um, but as far as nutrition goes, like there's no perfection. There's no such thing as perfection because you will drive yourself crazy and it doesn't matter how committed you are three months in, you will binge eat and like put 10 pounds on in a weekend. <laughs> so you have to allow either an 80, 20 rule where you're eating you know, six days of really, really awesome foods and three meals of, you know, just kind of letting it go. And as you go along with your journey and you clean up your nutrition and you start to lose weight, yeah, you might eat a little junk here and then, but number one, it's not going to make you feel great. So you're not going to want to do it very often. And number two, you can't fit as much in your stomach as you used to be able to. So even when you do splurge, you're not eating the entire appetizer plate and the entire dinner and the entire dessert you're enjoying bites for what they are. And you learn to switch your mindset to cheat versus treat. And I allow myself treats, but I don't cheat because I'm healthy and I am allowed to have a couple treats here and there. The mindset well shift is huge. Yeah. Well said. So what would, if somebody's listening to this right now and they've just, may, maybe they're sober and they've been sober for a long time, but, but they're just struggling with weight and, and overall wellness What's one tip that you would give them that would help them start their journey? I would say tackle one. I think everything needs to be taken in baby steps. If you start to try to write out a meal plan or learn how to meal plan by yourself and you go all in at one time, it's, it's a recipe for failure. So do something simple like planning your breakfast and deciding to have breakfast is a huge change for a lot of people. Prioritizing breakfast. How you start your day is how the rest of your day will go. And that actually starts in the evening. If you don't plan your morning the night before, then you have too many decisions cognitively to make in the morning and you're overwhelmed the second you wake up with, what am I gonna wear? What am I gonna eat? Do I have enough time to get out the door? Can I actually brush all of my teeth? 
many women who are rushed like this put mascara on one eye and then forget the other eye because they're crazed in the morning. So if you the night before can set out your outfit for the next day and then make sure that you have a healthy, nutritious breakfast plan, which I say is half of a lean pro half a plate of lean protein and half a plate of a complex carbohydrate like a potato or a sweet potato or a whole grain slice of bread or two with some avocado on it, get a healthy fat in there and just commit to that. And when that becomes habit, start making your lunches a healthier habit. And then when that becomes normal and feeling normal for you, then you can start cleaning up your dinners. But when you try to do it all at once, especially when if you struggle with addiction or are sober and are trying to get healthy or lose weight, everything can feel overwhelming. And so when you start to try to do everything at once and tackle it all at once, it just becomes too much. So one baby step at a time, having breakfast is a huge step. I hear you. Kim, Kimberly Parham, thank you so much for joining us today on the Recovered Life Show. Where can people find out about you? Um, I have a website where you can check me out at www.kimberlysparham.com. Super easy. And then I am mostly over on Instagram where you can find me at kimberly.s.param. And I add stories, recipes, weight loss transformations, and everything there daily. So if you want to connect with me every day, that's where I am the most. Thanks, Kimberly. We're also going to, Kimberly's also on recoveredlife.us, recoveredlife.us, and you can join her there and join in on the discussion. Thanks so much, Kimberly. Sure thing. Awesome. That was great. Thank you. You're really good. Oh, no problem. Really appreciate it. Um, So I'm going to try to slate this for, um, I might do this after St. Patrick's Day or this after St. Patrick's Day, because a lot of people getting into spring, this is going to be a big thing that people are going to want to know that, you know, right now it's like, I, I, my, my day gig is a brand manager. So I've dealt with like a lot of nutritionists and stuff. So right around now, you know, beginning of the year, like those new year's goals and then they start again, right? Like in spring, huge rush. Yep. Got to get in that bathing suit body. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Your beach body thing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, so I will, I'll reach out to you soon. Okay. And, um, I'd love to do more of these, you know, and maybe there's something like I told you before, we're going to create, um, at a bunch of conference calls last night. Uh, we've got a couple other shows coming out in the network and we're starting to kind of grow this and we're going out to sponsors. And so maybe even doing some sort of e-course with you, uh, some sort of transformation thing that's just for recovered life okay. that we partner with you in as the people start to come into the network that they can buy, you know, for 40, 50 bucks, they'll take them on a 30 day journey or something. Yeah, that right? would be awesome. Yeah, that's great. All right. I will be in touch with you. Thank you so much. Sounds great. Thanks Damon. Have, Have a great good day. Time. Bye. Okay, we're recording. Um, okay, so just to make sure it's okay that I record this, you're over 18. It's okay that I broadcast this everywhere in the world. Sure. Um, okay. <laughs> Excellent. All right, then we can begin. If I screw up the intro, I'll just uh, I'll just redo it. Okay. Okay. So it's pretty, pretty free flowing. Sweet. Okay, here we go.
Welcome back to the Recovered Life Show. I am joined today by Kimberly. Oh my God. See, I always do this. The first Hi. one of the day, I always screw up. <laughs> Kimberly Parham. Parham. Like Parham. the fruit. Parham. And you don't know what you're about to say. Parham. Parham. Mm -hmm. All right. Here we go again. Welcome back to the Recovered Life Show. I am joined today by Kimberly Parham. Kimberly is a virtual fitness and wellness expert that helps people in recovery. Her personal wellness journey is over six years is really remarkable. She's lost over 100 pounds battling sugar addiction and health issues. Kimberly now helps others find the balance of physical health in sobriety. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Hi, thank you for having me on. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'd like to know a little bit about your story. You had a really remarkable weight loss journey and sobriety journey. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, what I wanted to start off with is that no journey is linear. There is no straight path from point A to point B. So my journey looked very much like this. Um, I started with a weight loss journey in 2015 after my uncle passed away of a heart attack. And my dad's actually a three-time heart attack survivor and their father passed away at 54 of a heart attack. So I saw my life sort of going down that same route. Um, my father also deals with alcohol addiction and I started drinking at age 15 um, socially and it became a coping mechanism. I was a perfectionist straight-A student, really, really wanted to make my parents proud because my home was always sort of shaky with my dad's addiction. Um, so I really wanted to be just a light in their life, and I put a ton of pressure on myself. And I learned to use alcohol to cope with that from a very young age, which turned into a, you know, a really big party atmosphere in college. I was actually put on probation my first weekend of college. Um, yep. So here I am, this 4'11", little blonde cheerleader looks great on the outside as far as having it together, great grades, going to college. Um, and I was, I was very broken. So I dealt with alcohol use from a very young age, started using it to cope around 16, 17 years old, and then started to use it to focus in college on writing papers. And as many of you know, regardless of whether or not you are exercising or moving or eating well, the more alcohol you drink, the more sugar you take in, the more weight you put on. So um, I wasn't eating well either, but I put on 35 pounds my first year in college. And then it just kept going up after that. I got married very young, right out of college. I graduated in May and got married in September. Um, my husband had been out of college for a year. And I started drinking a bottle or two of wine a night because I was married and I was a grown-up and that's what grown-ups did. And I found that I couldn't sleep without it. And so the weight just kept coming on. I got pregnant with my first child at 24, had her two weeks before I turned 25, um, found out that the hops in beer apparently helps with breast milk production. So I started drinking beer because I thought that was helpful in some way, shape or form. Um, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't really work. Um, and just kept on putting on weight all the way through my twenties. I had my second child at 28 and at 29 years old, 
when my uncle passed away, I was like, I should probably go get some blood work done and find out if I'm dealing with all the same health issues my dad and my uncle are dealing with. And my cholesterol was over 300 at 29 years old. I was pre-diabetic. My doctor basically said, you have 10 years before you have a full, full-blown heart attack and you have five years before you are fully diabetic. And I was two, almost 230 pounds at 411. So, you, you know, you talk a little bit about college and about how you first saw addiction pop up there to alcohol mm-hmm. and abusing alcohol um, and sugar at the same time. What, what came first for you? Were you, you know, many people that um, have alcohol issues and addiction issues talk about sugar being their first addiction, being able to take, a, you know, candy, uh, cupcakes, whatever it might be, really abusing sugar to have, you know, a weird overall overbody sensation or kind of check out. Did what yeah. came first for you? For sure, sugar, um, food in general, carbohydrates, like simple carbohydrates. A lot of people look at sugar and they say, "Well, it's ice cream or candy or soda or something like that." But it really does come in the form of pasta and white breads and things like that too, that are very processed and refined. And I was a pastaholic. And because I worked out so much as a cheerleader, I would come home and eat like two packets of ramen noodles after practice. And that caught up with me. So I definitely ate to cope with my feelings for sure. um, To get that kind of like that, that high that you get from sugar that allows you to have that, that serotonin burst where you just feel really, really good for like 30 minutes. And then just like with alcohol, you feel really, really good for a hot second. And then man, that and down is awful. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, 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 I find that there's a big misconception that uh, when people have sugar addiction issues and they try to kind of wean off sugar, they immediately go to carbs, which is sugar. They go to the pasta, the ramen, all that stuff. And they load up on carbs and then they're kind of baffled that they're having the same reaction to it. Yeah, it's all it all processes the same in our bodies. Um, Those simple carbohydrates, which are your more refined carbohydrates that come in our sweets, and then our white refined foods, they turn into sugar, glucose in your body. And if you don't use it for energy immediately, it is stored as fat. Yeah, your your uh, transformation took you to a place where you lost over a hundred pounds, correct? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how, how did you do that? What was your journey like to get, I'm assuming you're, are, are you sober? And then you decide, oh, I've got to lose the weight or you're, you're still drinking and you're thinking you need to lose the weight. Yep. I actually, um, I tackled fitness and nutrition first. I'm a beach body coach. If you're familiar with that upper level company, Um, and I was introduced to these home workouts and some portion control nutrition. And I was like, okay, I can tackle these tangible tools. And actually part of our nutrition plan allows for like a glass of red wine at night, if you want that, but I would restrict other food groups so that I could drink more alcohol. Um, and I started my journey to weight loss in 2015 still drinking, um, sort of to cope and then socially on the weekends. But in 2017, my marriage 
started to crumble and I started to drink that two bottles of wine a night again. And I put 45 pounds back on in a matter of three to four months. And so it was like all of this hard work that I had done was undone because I never really did the root work. And so it's very similar. The, the, your, your weight, uh, your weight gain challenges were very similar to alcoholism where you, take a step forward and then there's two steps back and the control issues of going back and forth and trying to moderate it and th that whole insanity. Yeah. So what was the breaking point with you? Did, did you decide, okay, obviously, you know, if anyone's listening here and they're struggling from weight gain or health issues, and they're also struggling with addiction, obviously you can't really deal with any kind of weight loss issue unless you first get sober, I assume, right? I mean, I feel like that's true. There are a lot of people who struggle with alcohol addiction who are very, very thin. Um, and a lot of the times people think that drinking alcohol stops them from eating food and then you're just malnourished. It's not that you're overweight, but you don't have nutrition. So it doesn't matter what you look like until you get sober and make that decision to get right with yourself in that area. It doesn't matter what the outside looks like. The inside's not healthy. The inside's not clean. It's like trying really hard in your mind to fuel with premium gasoline and then putting diesel in a gasoline car. Yeah, you could be on weight or even underweight and still be very unhealthy. Yeah. And, you know, you see that a lot. You know, um, I think one of the big misconceptions uh, in recovery. And obviously we're not doctors, so everybody needs to check with their own personal physician. But overall, you know, the, the recovery community is very big on sugar and load people up on sugar when they first get sober um, and thinking that it's going to help with cravings. But what they're finding out now as you read further into the research and talk with people like you, it's actually what it's doing is enhancing uh, cravings and possible relapse. Um, so how did you do it? Did you just decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to get sober and I'm going to, I'm going to lose this hundred pounds. I mean, that, that day must've been uh, quite remarkable. You must remember that, that, that moment when you decided, okay, things have got to change. Yeah, I was on a business trip, actually. And um, those are when I usually get really sloshed because I don't have the responsibility of being a mom. Um, and I had challenged myself in 2018 to a sober October, most of all to like prove that I could. And then I celebrated on November 1st by getting drunk. So November 2nd, I woke up with my first hangover in over 30 days. And I was in a hotel room. I was far away from my family. And I sat straight up with the worst headache. And you know, as you get older, they just get way worse. Um, and I said to myself, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I'm working so hard on my nutrition and my fitness. And then I'm just turning it around and bashing my health. And number two, and most importantly, if something ever happened to my children that night, I would not have had the wherewithal to get to them. So it was really about motherhood and parenting. And it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You are a parent first and always. And I need to be on all the time, no matter where I am and where my kids are and who they're with, because I need to be able to hop on a plane and get to them no matter what. You used a really interesting approach that I read. You used a plant-based 
uh, solution for yourself. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So as I started to explore nutrition after stopping alcohol use, um, I don't know if having had alcohol in my body for so long really messed my digestive health up. But even though I had removed it, I was having a lot of trouble digestively. My stomach was always hurting. I was still experiencing that that bloat that you get when drinking alcohol. And so I started working with an endocrinologist and they recommended trying a plant-based diet. And I just like with alcohol, I was like, okay, I'm going to go all in. And I went cold turkey one day and I don't eat any eggs. I don't eat any dairy. I, I eat no animal products whatsoever except for honey. And um, I cannot tell you how it's wonderful for your body, for your digestive system, for your skin, for weight loss, all of those things. And it's trickled down. Now my husband and both of my children are fully plant-based, which is amazing. But even more so, it's like that mentality of putting literally the cleanest things in your body day in and day out. You don't want to mess that up by slipping up with a drink or, you know, going back to that sugar and, you know, eating the entire tub of ice cream or whatever. Now I, I'm not an all or nothing person. I allow myself to have treats. Um, Friday night, I might sit down with the entire pint of Ben and Jerry's plant-based ice cream because 98% of the time I'm on, but allowing myself to have that treat, allowing myself to look forward to that and having something to work toward every week allows me to feel very focused. And I just don't, I feel like going plant-based has leveled up that nutrition so much and leveled up my commitment to my overall health so much that it's like when you have a day's app or something, you don't ever want to start back at zero. I never want to pollute my body again. <laughs> so, Well, you know, I, there, one of the things I want to talk with you about is that, you know, when we, we had a, a call last week and we were talking about you know, it's so sad that many people have been sober for decades and, and they're working, you know, they're really working on their sobriety. They're working on their emotional state, their thinking, their spirituality. They're doing all this other stuff, but they're whacked out on sugar. They're eating really bad foods. They will go to a 12 step meeting and be on their third soda by noon, right? They're putting all these chemicals in their body and they're having a hard time thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. And, and we know one of the things with addiction is sometimes even after being sober uh, years is clear thinking, How, you know, what have you noticed about your ability to think clear, have a better and stronger spiritual connection by switching up your diet, losing the weight and being on this health journey? I mean, it's night and day. I'm so much more present than I ever have been. Um, I find myself wanting to look people in the face when I'm talking to them. I'm not zoning out during conversations. My sleep is probably the biggest change that I've seen. I used to just lay in bed with my mind racing at night. My husband uh, alludes to um, tabs open, several tabs open on a computer. And he used to lay in bed next to me and ask me how he could help me close the tabs. And I would say, can you make sure the refrigerator door shut? Can you make sure we locked this? Can you do it? And like, I never remembered what I had already done. I I could walk through my day and get to bed at night and not remember the things that I had done during the day because not only was I on autopilot, I was in a haze all the time. 
Yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing. Um, you know, you talk about, you talk about sleep and just your overall wellness, but you know, relationships with people, how, you know, everything started to drastically change. I also like the thing that you talk about not being all or nothing, you know, unlike, uh, drug addiction or alcoholism where total abstinence, you can't have anything to do, right? Like you, you give yourself the ability to have a piece of birthday cake possibly, or, you know, have a treat here and there. You're not so, uh, you know, every, you know, a lot of people that are in recovery are all or nothing people. So what they do is they look at this, they go, yep, I'm, I'm down. And then that's it. They become a monk yeah. <laughs> and it's really not attainable, right? In, in, in today's society to do that. No, it's not. I, I believe for me with alcohol, it has to be all or nothing. Um, sobriety isn't sobriety unless it's all or nothing, right? You can't be sober and socially drink on Friday night. So um, that you have to be able to find something else to satiate you in a way that makes you feel full and whole and human. And sometimes it's a treat and sometimes it's quiet time by yourself in the morning or in the evening. Um, but as far as nutrition goes, like there's no perfection. There's no such thing as perfection because you will drive yourself crazy and it doesn't matter how committed you are three months in, you will binge eat and like put 10 pounds on in a weekend. <laughs> so you have to allow either an 80, 20 rule where you're eating you know, six days of really, really awesome foods and three meals of, you know, just kind of letting it go. And as you go along with your journey and you clean up your nutrition and you start to lose weight, yeah, you might eat a little junk here and then, but number one, it's not going to make you feel great. So you're not going to want to do it very often. And number two, you can't fit as much in your stomach as you used to be able to. So even when you do splurge, you're not eating the entire appetizer plate and the entire dinner and the entire dessert you're enjoying bites for what they are. And you learn to switch your mindset to cheat versus treat. And I allow myself treats, but I don't cheat because I'm healthy and I am allowed to have a couple treats here and there. The mindset well shift is huge. Yeah. Well said. So what would, if somebody's listening to this right now and they've just, may, maybe they're sober and they've been sober for a long time, but, but they're just struggling with weight and, and overall wellness What's one tip that you would give them that would help them start their journey? I would say tackle one. I think everything needs to be taken in baby steps. If you start to try to write out a meal plan or learn how to meal plan by yourself and you go all in at one time, it's, it's a recipe for failure. So do something simple like planning your breakfast and deciding to have breakfast is a huge change for a lot of people. Prioritizing breakfast, how you start your day is how the rest of your day will go. And that actually starts in the evening. If you don't plan your morning the night before, then you have too many decisions cognitively to make in the morning and you're overwhelmed the second you wake up with, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? Do I have enough time to get out the door? Can I actually brush all of my teeth? many women who are rushed like this put mascara on one eye and then forget the other eye because they're crazed in the morning. So if you the night before can set out your outfit for the next day, and then make sure that you have a healthy nutritious breakfast plan, which I say is half of a lean pro half a plate of lean protein, and half a plate of a complex carbohydrate like a potato or a sweet potato or a whole grain slice of bread or two with some avocado on it, get a healthy fat in there. And just commit to that. And when that becomes habit, 
start making your lunches a healthier habit. And then when that becomes normal and feeling normal for you, then you can start cleaning up your dinners. But when you try to do it all at once, especially when if you struggle with addiction or are sober and are trying to get healthy or lose weight, everything can feel overwhelming. And so when you start to try to do everything at once and tackle it all at once, it just becomes too much. So one baby step at a time, having breakfast is a huge step. I hear you. Kim, Kimberly Parham, thank you so much for joining us today on the Recovered Life Show. Where can people find out about you? Um, I have a website where you can check me out at www.kimberlysparham.com. Super easy. And then I am mostly over on Instagram where you can find me at kimberly.s.param. And I add stories, recipes, weight loss transformations, and everything there daily. So if you want to connect with me every day, that's where I am the most. Thanks, Kimberly. We're also going to, Kimberly's also on recoveredlife.us, recoveredlife.us, and you can join her there and join in on the discussion. Thanks so much, Kimberly. Sure thing. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.